Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, guys? Byron Rogers here. I am about to do this episode with a good, dear friend of mine, Mark Tardallo of Massive Man, Massive Protection. And uh, how you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, Byron. Always nice to see you, my friend. Yeah, brother. No, likewise, man. So, guys... There was a time, so I went, I went and did my whole thing in Cali, and then there was this gap. And to be honest with you, I was going really fast, just got out of the military, got into that private security detail. I was working in Cali, traveling heavy, um, and I honestly needed to kind of slow my life down and hit the reset button. I was doing a lot of things right, but the rails were starting to come off, man. I was in that, just got out of the military, 21 through, you know, whatever, and um, I had to hit the reset button. So I went down to Florida. And I basically restarted my security career from zero, tried to start my own company. But like I started from, from, from bouncing in the club. All right. So I go bounce, I go to the, the, the nearest club. That's like kind of the big name club out there. Uh, you know, and, um, I run into Mark and that's where me and Mark began our journey, man. So we were just two bouncers in the same club. I just came back from, you know, doing a bunch of EP stuff, but I was trying to like set my own path. And um, Mark was like, I mean, we were like brothers in the same. It was like we were in like, like Iraq together. Like we went through like a whole developmental deployment together, you know? Um, so that was my first contact with him, but he's a good guy. He's a genuine guy. He's got a, a growing company down there. Um, you can talk more about that, Mark, in Florida. Um, but like the type of guy that I those old school guys where their, their word is actually for real, their bond and they have the work ethic to go a couple of extra miles with you. They'll sweat with you. Um, and honestly, I hadn't seen anything like that since I got out of the Marine Corps. And so boom, like I connected with, with, with Mark Tardello instantly. So that's, that's my, you know, that's my experience with him. Why don't you tell him a little bit more about yourself, man? Yeah, sure. Sure. Byron. Um, yeah, that was just like you said, when we ran into each other it was around 2000 at the opium, Club in, uh, the hard rock, Seminole hard rock in uh, Hollywood, Florida. Like you said, you were just getting uh, back from uh, California. You had done your time in, uh, with the Corps. Uh, we right away uh, got along, met about me and my intense work ethic and, and uh, you know, meaning what we say and say what we mean and eating it up, you know. And at the time, remember, it was the tremendous recession. And uh, the country yeah. was in real bad shape. Jobs are really difficult. And here we were, found ourselves that probably one of the main clubs uh, even around because the Super Bowl was down here at the time. And uh, so being um, 
the Hard Rock itself at the time was a real busy place with uh, lots of uh, security and et cetera, and uh, mm-hmm. that whole world. And that's when I met you and we started talking about, you know, uh, I said I had done security, club security when I was younger. I had been in construction for a long time. You know, I had done competitive shooting and uh, done uh, always stayed, uh, you know, pretty active and in shape. And uh, that, you know, now after the construction industry was failing, I, you know, my passion was always protection and uh, looking out for my family and friends. I always used to do that anyways. And um, mm-hmm. I decided to, you know, take advantage of where I thought I would be the most successful and what would be the most rewarding for me. So I read a book on uh, construction at the time in 2009 and 2010. I read a book on security and private security. Remember the executive protection handbook? Yeah. I went uh, pick that, yeah, pick yeah, that yeah. sucker up at, uh, at Noble, I started looking at it, started getting into it. And I said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. So then when I met you already there and we were all wearing suits and uh, being at that place that held 1500 people a night and a 25 man security crew, no joke. Remember it was uh, the real deal. That place had lots of action. And, uh, you know, that's when we started talking. And that's when yeah, I, went to you. I said, you know, I says, well, what do I want to do? You know, I want to be a bodyguard, private security. How do I go about that? And then you always said those things that uh, I've never forgotten. You said what you want to be and endeavor to be is a protection specialist. You know, right now you're working at a club. We're working yeah. at a club. We're doing security. You know, uh, it's a mm-hmm. good, uh, I said to you, I said, it's a great uh, training because I had done club security like in a roadhouse setting when I was 20, 25 <laughs> years old. Yeah. So, you know, things had changed a little. It was all bottle service there and, you know, mm-hmm. the glitz and the glam and the celebs and this and that. And, uh, but it still is when we uh, came together there and I saw you and you mentioned, you know, uh, I said, what's the terminology we're going to do? And we said, be a protection specialist. So that's when we came together and, uh, uh, um, you know, how do we go from where we are now into doing more private security. And that's how we started doing more armed work together. We started branching out. We started taking advantage of things. We started getting licensing in the, in the Florida, uh, the training. And then you also said another important thing to me. I said, you know, um, when we apply for that thing with the, out with the, the ghost out there in the, <laughs> the waste management detail. Yeah, um, man. When we went and applied for that, I was like, oh, they're not going to pick me. I go, you just got back from Iraq. I go, you got all that behind you. This and that. And you looked at me and you go, Mark, you got life experience, man. You were yeah. like, that's the, one of the most important things, things with personal protection yeah. and executive protection is life experience. It's how to avoid trouble, how to arrive at where you are and, and uh, how that will transition. And sure enough, yeah, together, man. uh from there, we uh, endeavored to uh, get into things. And you saw how it transferred yeah. to eventually I was running those three clubs there yep. and the insanity that was ensuing. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> everything started to come down from there. The, uh, the, uh, it's started to turn into a local joint. But right now it's about to take back off again. We're going to have the national championship here. They're building a big jo- – they shut down all the clubs and everything like where we used to work. Uh-huh. It's all gone. And it's, mm-hmm. they're putting a brand-new building that looks like a guitar. And the uh, national okay. championship game is here next year and the Super Bowl after that. So um, okay. that's the, the, the situation down here from, uh, has been a good place. Another bit, bit of uh, advice that you gave me was uh, location, location, location. Like yeah. we had guys come up to us and say, hey, how can I, uh, you know, what do I do? You know, I got guys, you know, like on LinkedIn and stuff. Hey, how can I be like you? They see my profile. They see my website. They see, you know, some of my references. So how can I be like you, this and that? And I tell them, move. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, no offense. I go, you're, 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 in, De- you're in Des Moines, Iowa. 
There's not a lot of re- need Game for executive and private security in Des Moines. In Des Moines, yeah. I mean, there's probably a few guys, but that's different. And then we also discussed that too about when you get married to a guy, which I had a couple, two, three details where I just got stuck in with them two, three months. Mm-hmm. And I realized quickly that, you know, you wind up marrying them as you could. Yeah, you get in bed with them, man. With, uh, with your <laughs> long term clients, how they could use to the, show me that, how they can dominate you. And they don't care yeah. about your birthdays and your, and your wife's anniversary. <laughs> and so they don't, you're, you're basically, remember you told me they would be in the car, say, let's lose these guys. What yeah. am I paying them for? You know? Yeah, and uh, yeah. so uh, with all that being said, uh, you know, uh, I really uh, had a passion for what we're doing. And I think that's what came out, you know, and, and every chance I got to, you always said to, you know, and we always talked about, let's just get there. Once we get there and they saw how me and you and Daniel ran, when we did those EP things or like show part and those Jewish stores and all those parties. And we did a yeah. couple of things in Midtown together back when Midtown was rough. We did a couple of details. Down yeah, there. Man. Now it's all Hollywood. Now it's all Hollywood. Now Hollywood we did it when it was, you know, it's all now it's all art studios and this and that. Remember, we went down there armed up and everything. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, so again, location, location. So, uh, so you know, this is the place. So, what I realized was instead of getting attached to people, was to build a large client base, and that's what I would say in our industry is most important. Is that learn rule number one? Every detail has a shelf life. You know, uh, rule number two: develop a pipeline of good clients. You know, like, you know, rule number three, when you get an opportunity to be somewhere, it doesn't matter what you're getting paid so much is as where you're going to be and then show your passion. And like, if you ball, you get the call. And it is so true. And I, I've been blessed yearly but from that detail with uh, Cheryl, that detail with the CEO, um, that executive protection detail that we started in 2010. I ran it all the way to 2017 every year. Wow. I just made that uh, my own all around the country, from San Diego to Chicago. So again, uh, you just have to really uh, embrace the industry. You know, you have yeah, to embrace man. it and, and, and just keep trying to do the best you can. It's not so much... You know, things like you told me also is uh, organically. Things happen organically are the best. Yeah. The most rewarding yeah. work I do is yeah. when it's organic, man. It when just happened. Just... If you worry about yeah. it and scheme and market and try and do this and try and do that, some of the best opportunities that come to me and I didn't say anything. I just yeah. did my well, very best. It's a result of just becoming the person. Yeah, I mean, like becoming the person who deserves these things, who rightly attracts these things because you're becoming that person. Like you are that person, like in everyone's mind when they're like, yo, who are we going to have walk the client out of the club tonight? Who are we going to have on the table? There are people that like can try to do it. And there's people that just are those people, you know what I mean? And I think so much of our development, man, like, you know, because for me too, like I started out bouncing in like Dana point, which is like, doesn't even count Dana Point, California, which like doesn't even it was nothing compared to how we had to get you know, when I was getting put in the in the reggae room, bro. And I'm like, I don't know if y'all know, like, maybe from Instagram, y'all think like I'm a decent sized dude, but in Florida, I'm like just I, right. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm like, we had a we had a guy in there, 425 pounds. Yeah, Big Carlos. Yeah, Big Carlos in there. For, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm 298 now. When I was working there, I'm 6'4", 298 now. I was about 278, and yeah. I was just I was just medium, 6'4", 278. <laughs> right, man. like they got that that pure slave blood in the exactly. south with like giant black dudes everywhere you know well you remember like you said i used to love the i always appreciated that you know when we had um the different clientele there that right. when we had like the urban nights and Golly. the reggae nights <laughs> yeah, I, I i appreciated that i had more trouble with uh when we had all the 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 pop kids yeah, and the youngsters mm -hmm. the rich kids and uh, ran mm -hmm. their mouths no matter what color they were that mm -hmm. dad's a lawyer, this and that. We have more trouble. When we work with the urban dangerous. guys, it was about street. It was about respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I always, exactly. I always say this to people, you know, I've had guys with gold teeth save my life. Yeah. And guys look at me and say, what do you mean? I said, I've had guys with, you know, you gold teeth, you look at this and that, say, hey, watch out. This guy's going to start something over here. This guy might hit you with a bottle mark, this and that, you know. Yeah. So don't be fooled. You know, I've gotten giant tips from these guys. I mean, straight up guys that understand that, you know, when you're taking people out, I was another big thing I was against. I used to tell them, no cheap shots, no roughing yeah. them guys up. We all look the no. same, whether, you know, we're all big guys in suits yeah. and they'll come back here and, and take it out on the wrong guy. So when you take these guys out, you treat them with respect. You tell respect. them, hey, come back next week. I right. buy you a drink. How many times do we do that? And then these yeah. guys will watch our back when the shit went down. Yeah. So I yeah. always used to tell yeah. them, I used to, I used to always say, you know, you don't want to come to a club that's got guys up on the dance floor in the, in the, in the <laughs> yeah, tank tops. Yeah, you used yeah to. I say, you, you want to come to a club? I, I'll never forget this story uh, that when I was running opium there, yeah. um, this, this young guy, a guy had about four tables right in the mm -hmm. bottom there, right by the fountain on the, the main floor at opium. You know, mm -hmm. and a uh, big fella looked just like Rick Ross. Could have been Rick Ross. I mean, Could've it looked just like him. Knew. But, yeah. but he was a big, he was, he was a roller. I'd seen him before, you know, come there quite a bit. Local guy. But don't forget, all those guys were local just coming up back then. Khaled used to come there, all these guys. Anyways, yeah. this fella looked like Rick Ross. And I was sitting there, and I got a call you on the radio to come down. Some guys uh, in a, you know, uh, in um a tank top is getting up and dancing, uh, you know, with the girls on the stage. Remember, it was only for the girls. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I walk in there and I step on the floor and it was an urban night. Of course, I have my 20 man crew. Me, I had two coolers with me, you know, nice and slow. So I walked right in there. The guy opened the thing for me. I never touched the stanchions because I walked in and I could have walked right up and pulled him off the thing. But instead, I looked around. I surveyed. I felt the room. I screened the whole room. Must have had about a thousand people in the club that night. It was yeah. about two and two in the morning, too. I yeah. look around. I grabbed the waitress. Remember that beautiful waitress there? The the one the girl. She was like, um, I think she began, but she went to med school, believe it or not. But anyhow, yeah. uh, she was like an ex bodybuilder. She was the head waitress. I said, come over here. I said, who has the check here? And she pointed to that gentleman that looked like uh, Mr. Rick Ross. So instead of me going over and pulling the guy off the table, I walked up to him and said, excuse me, sir. I said, you know who I am? He goes, yeah, you're Big Mark. He goes, we know all about you. You treat us fair. I go, cool. I go, you know, you got a big tab here. I go, you got about five tables. He goes, yeah, we're having a good time tonight with my, my people, blah, blah. I go, how much longer are you going to come here and pay for this service if you got guys on the dance floor dancing <laughs> up here? He says, Mark, he said, Mark, don't say another word, please. I said, I said, I said, I says, we'll take care of it. I says, I says, no problem. I says, I just wanted to bring it to your attention. We're just going to go right over here. Right. So he, he, called, he, he called over, he called over a couple of his boys rough boys a couple of his guys yeah, they went yeah over there they went over there small packaged them off the dance floor into the corner 
<laughs> threw, the, threw shirt on his face, threw him in the corner. Yeah. He, sat, he sat there almost about to cry for about 20 minutes. And then finally, you know, I came back in again. I told him, hey, thank you. No problem. Said, oh, wait a second, Mark. He called the guy over. Guy said, oh, I apologize. I didn't mean to disrespect the club or disrespect you. And you see, what I'm getting at is the way I handled that, yeah. um, you know, a guy inexperienced, a big white guy like me, so head of security, I could have walked up there, started pulling him down off the stage. Imagine how south that could have all gone. Instantly. And like you said, Instantly. and like I said, it's because I don't have any foregone prejudice against anybody. I say there's good guys and there's bad guys. doesn't right. matter to me who or what you look like. There's good guys and bad guys. And that's yeah. what I'm always searching for. That's what we're looking in the eyes yeah, uh, you know, for to see who is loose and who's going to be a who's going to be a real problem, a real threat. Otherwise, yeah. it's all just uh, you know mitigating risk and, and yeah. bringing the calm. Like everybody says, you know, when we show up, we were there to calm things down, not to make things crazy. Right. But right. anyhow, that was a good little yeah, little story there. Yeah. Of, no. Of just just doing doing that. You know, don't forget the whole world was crazy back then. The people who had money then were all the cash businesses because they're a big recession. So yeah. people who had cleaning companies and landscaping <laughs> and uh, this and that. The people and, uh, you wouldn't think, man. Uh, you wouldn't uh, think. And then you they, wouldn't they, think. They had tons know? of cash. Tons yeah, of man. cash. No, that was cool. What? So it was, it was a flip. Uh, it was a good experience. But what we noticed, uh, you know, for, as far as how it converts over to executive protection is um, the communication. You know, the loud blasting music with our radios in our ear. How many radios did I pull away from guys just because they couldn't be heard clearly? Or couldn't, they couldn't yeah. control themselves. Yeah. You know, how do you communicate with that with million dollar uh, system? You know, million dollar sound system going off. You know, how do you communicate? Clubs is that. a good proving grounds yeah. if you want to go ahead and, and be a uh, executive protection because you got to work long hours you got to work all the holidays you yep. got to be at attention vigilant for hours standing yep. doing nothing then you got to tense up and maybe yep. uh save somebody's life including yeah. your own no you get risk and then go right back to your post you know like over nothing and over. so that's a good yeah. piece for you know what yeah, we for do the for celeb stuff for the vip stuff for the event security stuff uh 100 i think it's 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 a good way to learn a specific set of skills with regards to protection, you know, really, really fast, you know, and I think see a lot if it's of for like, you to see if it's for you. That's, yeah. To that's see if amazing. it's for you. Yeah. That's a great thing too. Yeah. To see if it's for you, you know, that's kind of like learning the rough stuff without the perks a little bit, you know, but I think yeah. too, one of the main things, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to, you know, bring you on here too, is because, you know, me and you came from the, the, the indoor entry level security and we rose and it just over a course of how many years was it prior to my left? 2000. Well, you, you were probably there to what to like 2013 you know, to yeah. 2012, somewhere in there. And then you, yeah. you booked off and then you uh, made you move back West. Yeah, man. And in, in that period of time, we went from working, you know, just the nightclubs onto working celebrities, local celebrities and things like that, you know, and, uh, you know, for the guys out there that are working the nightclubs that are wondering, how can I get into this, this protection game? How can I level up? You know, they hear the things I say, but like me and you lived it, you know what I'm saying? Like the work ethic, when you would yeah. come in and you had all the guys there, you knew which ones had one special quality. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was the work ethic. Like which guys could you trust, you know? And that's, I feel like that's, how we separated ourselves. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, I, I definitely, there was a, it was a, first of all, 
again, another big thing that leads well to doing executive protection work is being on a mm -hmm. team, being yeah. whether I, you know, I played a lot of football, uh, you know, uh, softball, whatever it yeah. is, baseball, you know, being a team player. It doesn't yeah. matter that, you know, you're in the, in the military or police, whatever. It's about being a team player because, again, you've you got to trust each other. You know, you're part of a team. All the personalities aren't going to jive. There's going to – but with me, I've always had a good knack of finding the positives in yeah. everybody and accentuating yeah. them and then yeah. and finding their faults and just avoiding them having to use yeah. – having to run into a situation where that's going to come and be, be prevalent. exploited, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so these are uh, little tidbits that I do just in general with, every, with everybody, my friends as well. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, I try and find the silver linings all the time, you know, especially mm -hmm. with everything that uh, I went through. So, you know, I went through you know, working five years in the clubs, then working about 15 years in the lucrative construction industry to then now eight years straight at doing this at the highest levels coming from the clubs mm -hmm. to all the way up to, you know, running my own protection agency now, my small elite team. Mm -hmm. And uh, and being selective now because I did what I said. What I said was the bottom goal is I try and tell these guys the best thing about our industry is it's mm -hmm. so diverse. Yeah. It's so diverse. It's always challenging. You know, look at all the different things I've done from the club security to the jewelry store security yeah. to the executive protection uh, to I worked at a at the um, the temple a yeah. temple and a preschool and a catering hall for three years uh, mm -hmm. during a time when there was. That was a high threat, you know, then to well, the now that's and the last minute stuff. Huge. The temples are the synagogues, man. It's game they on are. at the synagogues now again. That it's, it's different though. Like I said, that's a good place. You know, there's opportunities there like there was for me that there were mm -hmm. for me because uh, when I got pulled in, it was right after what happened in uh, Newtown in mm -hmm. Connecticut at the preschool. So a wealthy yeah. Uh, a, a, a Jewish temple was uh, like, you know, was look at a nice preschool and the parents were all asking for upgraded security. And uh, so that's how I kind of wandered into that. And I knew that if I didn't do that, which would have been very, which was very rewarding. I love kids and making Nolan people feel safe. And I wound up there for three years. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was very rewarding, but it also kept me home. It was yeah. only about 20, 20 minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I was heading down the path where I was going to get attached to somebody and have to go do a European tour a client, or, yeah. or do a U.S. tour or yeah. be stuck at their house up, you know, on the beach, you know, uh, 50, 60 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it all, it, all, it all worked out for the, uh, for for the, the best. best. And like you said, organically, you know. And then when, now when I, when I, what I try and do is don't get so pent up and, um, you know, because I like to plan everything. We were all, I like to be so thorough. But yeah. what I'm proud of myself is that, you know, I get the call and within an hour I hash out Spin all the up. details, which yeah. they don't want to give you any. any. And you know how vague. <laughs> yeah. And, and I figure out. And then when you're going to want the price want, tag, to yeah, just, then you they change it all up again. Yeah, change it two, three times. <laughs> and, the and so you got to negotiate. The, and then I got to get paid. I got to get yeah. the money settled. Like, like actually paid. <laughs> and that's another critical thing too. You know, the better yeah. you are, the more established you are. They know you're going to deliver. You know, you can get paid up front. You can get yeah, paid because, and, and when and especially when you're with these guys that are, that the clients aren't so good. Because if you're paid in full, they're more likely to listen to you because you can always leave. So right. you know, that's also I, that motivates them to you know uh, you know listen to you when you say don't be doing this, don't be doing that, et cetera, et cetera. Instead yeah. of uh, you know you, you're going to kiss their ass because they owe you money, which I would never. Uh, you know, I've walked off plenty of jobs, but you yeah. know, I made sure I was already paid. So, uh, 
<laughs> but you know, you got to figure all this out quickly. I, like I said, yeah, I do. just did some A-list celebrity work, not even two, three weeks ago. And mm. it's just so funny how it all transpired that the person I got the work from, I really don't like at all. You know, I really don't have any chemistry with. And What's your uh, default respectful with everyone, so they but, still give you the call, right? I, can you believe it? So, you know, I can't even, can you believe it? That's I magic right there, y'all. That's how you do work. It doesn't yeah. matter how you feel. Respect your own brand enough. <laughs> I see him steaming over here. And it's still just, uh, respectful enough. Tries. So I just happen, <laughs> and I, I really believe that, you know, you have to have that sixth sense developed. You have you do. To have the, I call it the force. You know, I was yeah. at the news, newspapers for months. They were scared over there really bad, you know, and I brought them a lot of security. And, they, and I trained up all their existing security. They were real grateful. But, like, you know, the people would come out and be walking. i go, he's not leaving. i tell the guy, you know, the static security guy there. I'd yeah. just be sitting there, and he'd be walking. The guy would come out, you know, uh, executive, whatever, walk out, walk through the lobby and leave. And i say, he's not leaving. i go, he's coming right back. He forgot something in his car. The guy come back with his phone. He forgot in a car. The guy looked at me. How? How do you know? I go just by how he's walking. I know what this yeah. guy is doing. So, so yeah. you got to be using. You got to develop your force. You got to develop your sixth sense. And the same thing with getting these last minute details from people who I really don't uh, get along with, but they yeah. know when it comes down, we have to figure Someone this all to make out. A play. And I just and, and and of course things have to line up. Like uh, I got this last minute high profile detail. You know, about three weeks ago, I just so happened, they call me at 7 p.m. I have to start the detail at 8 a.m. the next day. So right away, just the initial phone call was 7 a.m. with yes. no names mentioned, everything, you know, confident. <laughs> and of course, I don't, I don't like the guy. Status. I already yeah. don't like the guy because I've tried working with him a few times and he just, you know, he's not, you know, it, which, you know, it's nothing personal like the ghost. You know, these guys are just yeah. not very specific. Yeah. Right. I like straight shooters, especially yeah. if you're asking me to do something quickly and that uh, could be dangerous. I need use to my assets. I need to use, you know, the quicker you can just cut through the BS and tell me straight, the quicker I can get to the uh, giving you whether I can do it or not how much yeah. i want and then and then of course do it perfect because in yeah. the end game when I, once i start the process except the to even start discussing it all i'm concerned with is getting the detail done perfect mm -hmm. on my end so yeah in the end in the end you know so just when this guy when i happen to get a call from this guy seven o'clock with this high guy and i already knew who it was it was on a tuesday and some yeah. stuff happened over the weekend and you know that's another thing when you get really good at this when you see stuff on tv you get calls the next day. Yeah, so yeah, like, you know, yeah. There was an issue in the newspapers. You know what happened in Washington? Two, not even a day later, I was on a job that for twenty for three months straight we provided twenty four seven EP. So that's how you know it's tied in. So you do got to stay up on current events and watch the news and pay attention. Yeah. But anyhow, this guy was a celebrity that I seen had some issues. They call me. I know already they're in the jam because they wouldn't be calling me if they weren't. I don't get along right. too well with this guy. And, <laughs> he must have really needed me. <laughs> so he must have really needed me. So, but he knows I can do it. So I happened to be taking my team out to dinner because they had done a beautiful job for me for a couple months at the newspaper. So I was already taking them out to dinner. Call me at yeah. 7 o'clock. I'm meeting my team at 8 o'clock, buying them dinner, and going to reflect on uh, paying them some checks. And uh, so as soon as I sit down, the guy don't want to give me information, blah, 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 how much, four hours, the next day, got to go pick up uh, SUVs, the whole nine yards, a usual EP run, yeah. you know, uh, high, high, high net worth individual from private jet to mansion to jet, you know, kind of situation. And um, so I wound up telling him how much. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, of course, because they won't give me any information. So, look, you give me yeah. so then he, he, he's got to hang up. And have his boss call me. His boss has got to call me, and I don't know what I told him, but I cut the price in half. I go, look, I go, I'm so, I'm still not involved with the, 
battling, you know, I got the guys here. I could do it. You know, we all happen to be available tomorrow. And yeah. so just to push it through so my team would get the reps. So I would work with my team and we would have even, we just worked together for three months, but I wanted to keep that going and show these guys how we do it with a celebrity client or somebody mm -hmm. high enough for the individual. So, you know, so bottom line is, kind of, really. yeah. So I, I cut my price in half, took the job, executed it by 8 a.m., three SUVs on the job, you know, in Palm Beach. And uh, it executed it. It was a five, four-hour gig. It turned out to be about five and a half hours. And I told you about it, not to go into names and who mm -hmm. it was and everything. But anyhow, be it as it may, what I'm saying is uh, you have to be prepared to execute these things quickly to have the guys. But the only way to do that is to stay busy doing other things. So the diversity mm -hmm. of the industry is something to capitalize on. Also, you don't, oh. you don't get stagnant, you know. I don't yeah. just do family protection. I don't just do executive protection. I don't just do personal protection. Whoa. I don't just yeah. do transports. I do, you know, uh, I pick, you know, as they come organically to me, you know, I pick the right team to do it. I do a lot of the work myself. And, I, and whenever I start a detail, I always run all the shifts myself, even if that requires a 20-hour first shift. I've done that before because when the guys call me from the detail, I want to know what's happening. <clears throat> and then I'll update, even if I'm only working the 0800 to 1600 somewhere mm -hmm. and then got somebody 16 to 02 and somebody 02 to 08, yeah. you know, um, I'll take those shifts maybe a week or two in to keep reevaluating post orders and threats are constantly evolving. People forget that. That's why I see these guys make these security deals and write a post orders. They never work one day on the place. How are they writing post orders? <laughs> <laughs> and they and they never go back. They never get back. Any, ever go ever touch the place uh, ever uh, again? Uh, yeah, I said. I said you wrote that. Salesman wrote the post orders here and never followed <laughs> up with anybody. That's a constant thing, you know. That okay? No, we really need the guy here, or we really need them there. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyhow, beat it as it may. Um, you know, the passion for protection is what we always had. You know, like I said, I I say to people, you you are you a are you a uh, protection specialist? You have to develop, you know, your passion for protection in order to do so. You have to, at a young age, always try to uh, avoid risk. Always looked out for your friends. Always looked out for your families. It's, you know, always tried to keep the peace. And then when you had to, you know, defend yourself or defend people, you did it in a in a in a, in a decent way, in a respectful way, in an honorable way. You had a code. You had a, a standard. And that's another thing. My standards. I see these people all the time. Another. Like uh, whatever kind of deals they got cooking, they try and keep this terrible standard permeating. They try and permeate this standard <laughs> that's terrible. So when they run into me, they hate me. They hate <laughs> me and my operation. Yeah, and that I care you're, and you're that I show up with my I show up with my Vic. You know how my Vic looks. You know, yeah. with all my gear. You know, I mean, there's nothing I can't do. When I do those things for the networks, you know, I watch those guys and their assets. Yeah, I pull up with my Silverado. I dress like I'm a producer. You know, I get set up in my truck. I get everything. I got Wi-Fi. I get everything I could possibly need. And they never seen anybody like this. Yeah. It has not, not much to do with the money because a lot of times, that's another misnomer that, thank God, is changing. People say, oh, I need executive protection. I need armed guards. I need something more. And they call any security company. So no problem. And then they'll send whatever the bare minimum is. Guys that just bought a gun, just got an armed license. They're making 13 yeah. an hour, 12 an hour. <laughs> And they just send them out, uh, you're going to do EP. This kind of thing is what hurts our industry because those customers will never call again to use it. They'll say, oh, I don't see any difference. They just dressed this guy up with a gun and, a, and called him armed and uh, he was terrible. But then 
when they ask for executive protection, you show up and you, first of all, you do your perimeter set, you check everything out. I always challenge. I always go into every detail and let them try and stop me, which almost they never do. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's why I'm usually called to these places. Now I do a lot of corporate security too, but I use those same things I learned with Dan, may he rest in peace to the ghost and uh, that on his estate details that I did. Remember me and uh, mm -hmm. I think your boy Luke too did some, some work with him. But I did an estate protection, family protection detail with him for three months where you were securing the state. The same thing, the layers of protection, the exterior perimeter, yeah, we the motion sensors. You know, so, uh, I so, think that in the end game, people who want to feel safe, people who want to feel safe, they just have to develop the perimeter. You need guys to man it though. Yeah. What would you say about executive protection? What does executive protection mean to you? We'll jump to that one, that question. What would you say this is all about? You know, what is the game? Yeah, it's about? pretty, it's pretty, it's like I said, I, you know, I call myself, you know, I, like you said, a protection specialist, you know, yeah. executive protection specialist means I've protected executives, you know, I've protected people that live an executive lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what executive protection means. Now they have executive protection officers. So just like you would have undercover police officers or plain, plain clothes uh, police operatives, you uh, also had uniform and SWAT operatives. So there's different versions of EPO. Like if you've seen- No, them, I mean, like if you break it down to where like, someone's like, what do you do? Like, what is the job really about? You know what I mean? Like- Oh, uh, oh values wise. Mitigator, uh, here's the thing. The, the bottom line is to be an yeah. executive protection specialist, what is it all about? Just on the it's high, about high level. Mitigator, mitigating risk before it fulminates. Fulminates. Yeah, that's right. Capiche? Yeah. Exactly. You, want to you want to mitigate risk. I'm thinking from, like before, before it, before it fulminates. Before okay. it blows up. You want yeah. to mitigate risk before it blows up. A simple thing is, um, and that only comes from experience. So as you do, another way, a uh, good part, like you said, the nightclub, working in the nightclubs is usually unarmed, mm -hmm. in the suits, long hours, dealing with the yeah. action. Then you can roll to working at these high-end jewelry stores and high-end retail outlets. Some of the high-end jewelry stores, Armani, uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, Cartier, et cetera, they, they use uh, guys in suits armed to work at their stores for loss prevention. Yeah. Again, another type think, of, you know, type uh, of, of that. But, really. Yeah, but so think, but you, can't, you, can't, you can't paint it in one thing. I say executive protection specialists. In the old days, you know, you used to call us bodyguards. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I, like, I like what you said. Protection specialists is like when you're starting out. So you're going from club security, you want to become a protection specialist. From protection specialist, you want to then branch out into different types of armed security work, training, personal protection, mm -hmm. estate protection, family protection, if you're lucky enough to get into it, uh, mm -hmm. schools. And then from there, you want to get into executive protection. Now you're dealing with corporate people, a corporate right. mindset. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now you have to be able to communicate, which I'm very good with because I'm so thorough. You know, I, I can't, that's why I said, I didn't like this guy to call me the last time because he was so terrible. You send him emails, everything, no response at all. <laughs> when you're dealing with proper professionals, you know, then you're in the executive protection business. Okay. And people say, who do, do, I mean, everything's last minute and confidential, but you yeah. still, it's going to be more thorough. You know, uh, we, I, we did some EP training together. If you remember, 
Did with we? uh with strike force we did uh some e- a couple oh, days of we did. yeah 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 and i remember i smuggled you the, the comms and saved your ass because you yeah. were leaving, man. i smuggled you the comms. <laughs> yeah you got me i made a mistake that thing went some places now if i was gonna say like how to string all this together you know if you've got a guy in the in the club who's like how do i even get an opportunity to do all these things you know okay well in florida in florida is a little different than you so it's always geographical it's where you live i always say this if you want to be considered a professional you want to be considered an executive protection specialist you want to go from being in the club to being a professional security private security guy you got to go and find out what does it take to do that well down here in florida the first thing you do is get your d security license get that training so i did that how many years ago you know i can't even remember okay i always have my concealed weapons permit everybody talks about that but use your concealed weapons permit to do security business as a felony so you got to know your business okay so now get a d security license do do start doing d security which is unarmed Go yeah. ahead and do that. Then get your G security license, your gun, which then mm-hmm. you go qualify. And you got to make sure you're prepared for this. Not everybody should own a gun, guys, you know, that, uh, you know, live with a lot of children in the house. The first thing I tell people before you do this, buy a box to lock up your gun, you know, right. layman. I've always been around them since my whole life because my family and NYPD and everything. But uh, still, I, I you go in your head and you get your armed uh, permit. So now you have your D license and your G license. And then you start going to these security companies, say, I worked at a club. I want to do more professional work. You, It's all about your appearance, a big, huge part of what we do. Teddy Roosevelt has a great quote. I love Teddy Roosevelt, by the way. And uh, he has a great quote. One of his most famous things is he says, basically, fake it till you make it. Yeah. He says when he went down there, he was just some, uh, you know, uh, wealthy, uh, you know, American, uh, you know, aristocrat. And he mm-hmm. got his boys and said, let's go down there and let's go to war. And he yeah. got on the horse and he stood there and now he's ready to lead the charge. He never led a charge before, you know, yeah. in the Mexican-American war, you know, Teddy Roosevelt there with his, yeah. with his, with his sword and everything. He says, you know, he, he, never, he never did that before, but what he said to himself was, in other words, I better look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I better have the, I better carry myself. Mm-hmm. in a certain way, with a certain amount of class, a certain amount of dignity, a certain amount of respect. I better learn so fast everything I yeah. can. And then he said the more times he kept doing that and leading those charges and going into battle, before he knew it, before he knew it, yeah, he, he, did, he wasn't faking anything because now he was doing it. The same, yeah. correct, the same, some of my information there might be a little, little off, but uh, more or less, yeah. uh, without Googling it all up, uh, yeah. More or less, that's uh, that's the thing. Also, so Teddy Roosevelt, he's good, and um, like I said, so fake it till you make it. So it's your so it's your appearance. It's your appearance. So a big thing in our industry, I can't say this enough, and I'm going to tell this to you because remember, I used to hand out uh, I used to hand out uh, Jolly Ranchers to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember at the club, I used to carry yeah. a big giant bag. Of Another thing is your hygiene. Okay, your hygiene. I can't tell these guys enough. <laughs> Don't wear too much cologne. Don't wear right. no cologne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please well, have mints in your pocket. And yeah. please don't tell me you don't have bad breath or you don't get it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Make sure you're using the mirror when you can to make sure yeah. you look properly. You look Your brand. Nice. Yeah, you're, it's, it's just your the brand. way you're coming off. And in our business, especially in the clubs and everything, you're going to be real close to your client. You're going to have to lean into your client to say, hey, you know, uh, what, what are you doing here? You know, you want to get a table. You know, you're, you're, who's, who's allowed to come and see you, you know? So mm-hmm. you're going to be leaning in close. You're going to be talking to people. So your hygiene 
is very important. How you well, look, how you dress, also, all that Mark, stuff. Too like back on what you were saying, the fake it till you make it deal. Like, you know, you get your permits, you get everything you need to get to get positioned properly. But then what ends up happening is, you know, guys get stuck in one spot, and with uh, that fake it till you make it deal. You know, there's so much to be said for when an employer looks at you, when other people on your security detail look at you, and when patrons who you're interacting with on a regular basis at the bar or club you're working with look at you, what do they see? And if you, you know, this fake it till you make it thing, you don't want it to be your whole career, but if you're trying to get out of a spot, you need to stand out by acting like you are already in the place you want to be. You know, if Correct. we talk to Luke, who snatched me up out of that bar, he, he's going to say, I carried myself differently. That's why they approached me rather than the other guys on that shift. You know, and, and there's a lot to be said for that. Because really what ends up snatching a lot of guys out of that game, and this is back when I got in there, when it was all about relationships, is the right person sees you. I mean, you've seen it, um, you've seen it as many times as I have. The right person walks into the club. You, you're, you're default respectful, you're professional, you take care of them, you make sure you show them a good time. And the next thing you know, later on that week, you're driving for them. And then a few weeks later, you know what I mean? You're, you're with them on a yacht, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, this is one way that you can change the game up for yourself is by being a consummate professional, no matter what you're, you're, you're always be exceptional. My tagline, and you, know, you should have a nice tagline. My tagline is exceptional protection for elite clients. And believe yeah. me, every second of every day, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that you must be exceptional. But yeah. another big misnomer is don't, you know, I, I hear these guys, I work for puff daddy. I made a thousand dollars a day for three days. And now I see the guy, he's put on 75 pounds. He hasn't worked in six months. They're, right. they're evicting him. But he worked for Puff Daddy for three days at a thousand yeah, one dollars a day. Yeah. So uh, you, uh, another little tidbit for the guy starting out might help them a lot. You know what I found very helpful? Mm -hmm. Working in the clubs, you're only going to really work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Remember, we only worked yeah. three, three night, two, three nights a week at, the, yeah. at that club. We did, and then so during the week is your opportunity to get other things to do. Also, yeah. if you go in and now you have your D and your G license and you want to fake it till you make it, you want to try out. And you know, it doesn't even have to be that way. When you get somewhere, you just bring it to another level. You know, exactly. even I, I did some condo work. I got sent to condos where they were having problems and they sent me in there and I just brought my whole thing. They paid me mm -hmm. a lot more probably than they were getting paid yeah. just to help the account and just get going. But I went there, I brought it to another level, but right. I didn't make it my career. But it's not, it, and it's it, not always it, it's, about it's not always about the money either. You know, a lot Correct. of times it's about widening your sphere of influences, widening the relationships you have in your life and, and letting other people that have never seen you before see your work ethic. Because one of the things we yeah. talk about that I've said that you're validating is, yo, apply to as many security companies as you can and show them all the quality of your work product until somebody gives you a chance to move up or the right relationships come into your sphere of influence. You know what I mean? Like, do, do you remember how we met Dan? Do you remember how, how crazy that was? Yeah. How we, you, we were submitting your, we were submitting your B agency license down in Miami. Mm -hmm. I drove you mm -hmm. and uh, I was submitting, I think my G license or renewing yeah. it. Okay. And uh, we were down there and then some guy was in there, some old timer uh, ex police officer. Remember the guy wanted to use all the 10 codes Okay. Uh, he, was, he was sitting in there and yeah. he saw me and you looking able-bodied. We were both all uh, swole up in our black polos. You know, we worked, We were going to work that night at the club or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and so um, he says, oh, well, you know, I got this detail happening. It's with St. Moritz, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Remember, remember maybe you Good guys would be St. interested. Moritz. And then look how that, what that turned into. Okay. First of all, we met Dan. 
We would have never met. We would have never met Dan if that didn't That's true, huh? And that's how it works, man. And so the the moral of the story is you're always interviewing. Good to go. You go to get your license. You're in the space. You're interviewing. You're out at the store. Someone could ask you what you do for a living. You're interviewing. Your brand equity has to be, it has to have integrity. It has to be total. You have to just be the person. Yeah, I mean, like, if me and Mark were, like, faking it when we were working, but then when we're walking the streets, we're just walking around and we're looking a certain way and we're not being as classy and respectable as, as we want our work product to be, that guy would have never approached us. You know what I mean? That opportunity, right. that whole path, we would have had to have found somewhat some other way. You know what I it mean? It just wouldn't have happened. And then, you know, we happened. met uh, went Roger. And it's organic. Already, That's know? organic. I still talk to him. I still talk to him. Every yeah. Roger's big time, man. He was a famous guy and uh, yeah. you know, respected. I had lunch with him. He got, came here and had a coffee with me about two, three years ago. But anyways, that was uh, uh, one thing, though, I will say is remember this, guys. So now if you're getting these opportunities, you're going to get a chance to do some executive protection. You're going to going to go to an estate. Yeah. Like I get these all the time. People yeah. are threatened on social media for whatever the case may be. Yeah. And uh, you know, whatever it is, either way, you know, it doesn't matter the leanings, but something happens, somebody threatens them, gives their address up on uh, multimedia, says Close go to this up. guy's house and do this and that. So then I get sent over there and yeah. see my team. From seven in the morning, eleven at night, to protect the assets and make sure if anybody comes, we already have a demonstration area for them. All the mm-hmm. heavy duty, high end EP stuff. But I send my guy there. I just brief him. I handle all that. I say, okay, well now you're here. You're going to work with this other guy who I'm joint doing the company with, and you're yeah. going to work there with him. So here's a little tidbit. So now you go there, right? I'm already sent you there. You were maybe a regular guard, just an arm guard, and now I saw you, and I'm giving you an opportunity. You were making maybe thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour. You were top in that regular guard work. Now I'm mm-hmm. going to pay you, I'm going to pay you 20 bucks an hour yeah. and I'm going to give you 12 hour shifts. Okay. And you're going to go do these for me. And this is what it is. It's state protection at the highest levels. So now I send you there. You're already there. So now you got to carry yourself like you're already there. The last thing you want to do is start talking to the other guys. Hey, how'd you get this job? Where, you know, I'm available anytime. I do this. I want to do executive protection all the time. I, can you hire me? Who's your boss? What's his number? Or when somebody comes in to take care of the estate, you know, the land, the, the, a gardener or something. Hey, how you doing? You know, oh, I do this all the time. Uh, this I'm just working happens. for Mark. It happens so, in real so, life, guys. So I'm telling you guys, <laughs> when you, you're, if you're a real professional and you're already there, you're already there. Right. You're already doing the protection. So don't act go like running your chops. Like, uh, like, act like you've been there before. Make sure, you know, it's okay to, you know, at the end of the detail, if a guy likes you, then he's going to say, hey, what's your name? You know, what's your number? Maybe we can do another detail together. He's going to ask you. You see what I'm saying? You shouldn't come off, especially if you're just starting out, yeah. as asking them, you know, how'd you get this job? What else do you do? You know, I'm available all the time. That comes off looking real, uh, mm-hmm. real bad because then that spreads like right away. So then that spreads right away. That guy's going to say, hey, you know, uh, this guy Mark sent, you know, uh, he showed up on time. He did his job, but he wouldn't shut up. All he wanted yeah. to know was what I did and, right. and what your number was and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and then, of course, really- when I, and I, and I give the guy a chance. I'm like, you know, don't forget, these guys are just starting out. And I, I, if I have the opportunity, if, if they don't yeah. make an agree, egregious error, I say, pull the yeah. guy inside. I say, look, you know, already we're already EPOs. We're already here. So yeah. you don't have to be marketing and trying to sell a job that you're already right. working on. You know, and don't be trying to get, you know, other jobs that looks bad for you. And most yeah. of the good guys will say, oh, I'm so sorry, Mark. I just didn't know. I'll yeah. say, well, you know, it, there's a time for marketing. And in this business, the key is 
like Deion Sanders says, when you ball, you get the call. Because believe me, it's a small <laughs> group. And I'm telling small you, with all group. these guys, all, I got a handful of guys that I know don't like me. I know yeah. they, don't, they don't like the questions I ask them. They don't like yeah. that. If they, if they don't email me in 24 hours, there's a big problem. Yeah, you know, yeah. It doesn't even matter if they don't pay me. I'm, I will, I'll get more mad at them not emailing me than not paying me. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, and I'm trying to work on that with me because some yeah. people don't do that. But I, I damn it, I'm not going to lower my standards. I no, like no. what I figured out is the people that I don't develop a chemistry with, mm-hmm. I, I can still work with them, but it'll mm-hmm. be limited. Yeah. But people I develop like me and you, a yeah. chemistry with, I'm with them seven, eight, ten years, you know, it yeah. never stops. You know, some of these right. guys since 2010, 2009, I'm still mm-hmm. doing work for these guys mm-hmm. because they, they, they don't forget you know, that we just had that chemistry. Like you could call me anytime and we could go do a joint. Yeah, I can tell you, I got yeah. something rolling out there to LA. Like we talked about before. Yeah. Like we, we, met, we met up in San Diego there, you know, mm-hmm. but if I called you and needed to do that, you know, like I was doing detail out there, no problem. If you're coming to Florida. So yeah. that's another thing also well, too, that I'm getting the, I'm getting a reputation too. You want to be able to be a strategic partner. So again, the right we we're name. talking about the levels of how to get into the industry. So you get your D license, you get your G license, you get your, get some experience doing regular security. You could even do armored work, armored cars. You could do, don't get stuck in any of that. Okay. You can do armed guard work. And what I always say, look for four 10 hour days. If you're going to work during the day, just to get your time with your G license or get your time working with body armor, get your time that all helps in executive protection. Okay. So uh, you want to work at the courthouse, whatever it is, try and get four 10 hour shifts. This way you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're hunting for your EP and your celeb stuff and you get connected on a Friday and a Saturday. Right. So that's, that's, that's another little uh, tidbit. And if you were going to say, if you were going to say there was one good quality you look for in a guy you're hiring or a guy you're looking to bring up to the next level in your company, what would you say that quality is? If you're looking at your guys, who's the guy who you're going to be like, you know what? I'm giving this guy a shot. Integrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Integrity. Now, now there's, there's, there's now break uh, it down. What did you more. tell me? What did you tell me? Another thing you told me, we threw some uh, guy out, out of the club one time. Remember he was pretending to be a Marine uh, and, and you gosh, had the kids no. crying. Remember he was crying in the back. Really? What happened? <laughs> you were like, what's your, what's your MOS? Don't you be pretending. What's your MOS? Well, I was just trying to get laid. We opened the door. We threw him out the door in the back. Good. Buddy. Yeah. But, uh, but I remember saying to you, I said, you know, uh, and Good. then another time we had a couple of guys in there and uh, uh, military guys, and they were really out of control, bashing each other with bottles and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> then I said, to, I, I, said, I, said, I said, I said, Byron, what are these guys doing? I said, you know, you look at me, you go, Mark. You go, Mark, there's, there's plenty of bad Marines. There's plenty of good Marines. There's plenty, and there's of, bad plenty of bad ones. Yeah. yeah so but, just like know. in anything, there's good and bad. So yeah, really, man. It, it, really, uh, it really doesn't matter. But I remember us, uh, you turning around and telling me that, you know, there's good and there's bad and everybody. So again, the same thing on my protection team. I'm going to have guys watching my back. You know, I got to learn about them. The only way to trust somebody is, 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 is to know if you can trust somebody is you have to trust them. Yeah. So you have to, so what I do is I give them, I give them a small, I give them a small controlled amount of it bite. I give them a troll, but it's four hour shift. They all got to work with me first before they work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't call nobody okay. and send them anywhere unless they've already worked for me. I got guys that have been with me now over five years, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my guy Joe has been with me for seven years, mm-hmm. uh, still doing part-time work with me, you know? And, um, so, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, going through the stages and the progression, like we were talking about earlier, 
Uh, you know, you get your D&G license, you start going and getting armed work. But yeah. as you start working together, you, what you want to look for is legitimate protection work. You don't want to get yeah. sucked into a lot of pitfalls. There's many bodyguards in jail because their their sheik told them it's okay to bring your gun to JFK. Yeah, that's there's many of them guys. Yeah, in yeah. jail it says you don't need your permit here. You gotta know your stuff here, you here in Jamaica. You don't need a permit. Just bring your gun. There's plenty yeah. of those guys. So again, I always say you want to research your client, you know, for threats yeah. and see what it's about. But you want to research the guy who's giving you the job. Yeah. Just as much because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, many shady guys, there's yeah. bad Marines, there's bad, uh, bad people, there's uh, bad security guys. What did Dan said? I ran into some bad guy and Dan said, welcome to the scum that's in this industry sometimes. Yeah. Some guy who made up was all full of baloney with a big mm-hmm. detail. So, um, well, a lot of guys, they, the, the mistake they make is they get an opportunity to work and they're so hungry. They just ask how much, how much it costs and they don't really do their diligence on their client, on the company calling them and all these other things. And they get taken advantage of, man. They don't end up getting paid. Like it just, I mean, so many things can happen, you know, they get ghosted. Yeah. So, uh, that's another little nugget there, guys. Like sure. just cause you have a shot, don't just jump on it. This is what we do is dangerous. And you know, you're going to be putting your out there find out what the threat is find out why they're hiding. again again integrity again yeah. integrity feel the integrity feel the integrity for somebody you're talking to that's yeah. why yeah these guys who i really don't get along with a couple of the guys i do business with it's mm-hmm. not that i really don't you know uh, it's that i don't it's nothing personal they yeah. I can be friends and have a beer with these guys but yeah. the way they're the way they're conducting themselves in other words not straightforward mm-hmm. not direct all stuff that yeah. i love you know um, it, because they're not conducting themselves that way, it, it, it makes me think that their integrity isn't where it should be. Right. That we're not on the same page, that we can't, don't have that synergy there the just same from the integrity. Yeah, you can, the the, things can be different. You can work on a lot of, you know, not returning emails or not doing this, or not doing that. We, we can get by that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Operational difficulties we can get by. But disinformation, you know, uh, you yeah. know, asking me, asking me to do things that aren't actually happening, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've had guys, you know, uh, try and book me to do things that I know weren't happening. I mean, what's that mm-hmm. all about? I, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> but it's just, like I said, it's just because of their check and balances don't line up with mine. So, yeah. again, you know, integrity uh, is the first thing you should look for in anybody you work for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then look for the future. Like I said, remember that real important thing. Every detail has a shelf life. Shelf life so, yeah. always be trying to build your pipeline of people that trust you to right. avoid risk right. in a professional way. Because then, then, once it's out there that you can do that, and once you bring guys in to work <clears> for you because you got work, you get a nice detail two, three months, or you get yeah. a detail that's 24-7, requires four or five guys to do seven days a week. Then when you start bringing these guys in and you're weeding them out, you're already starting with guys who are managers or just getting out of the uh, National Guard or mm-hmm. or have been in the security industry as a regional supervisor. So these are these are these are guys that also are good to hire as a as an owner of a company, and that's another thing. So your progression. So let's go back to the progression. So get your DNG. You work at the club. Get your DNG license. Start doing EP and armed work. So then find something you can do for a couple of years to really make out your niche. So that has mm-hmm. to do with like the, the temples right now. That's going on. You know, school protection, mm-hmm. etc. So make that your base. Make that 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 pays your bills. And then yeah. while you're doing that, do it so well. Be uh, be so um, state of the art because you're always learning. Like if people say I'm old school, it insults me. You know, my integrity and stuff like that, my relationships might be old school, but don't call me 
old school. It's an insult. If you're old mm-hmm. school in this business, you're out of business. Yeah. Constantly, the threats well, are changing. You have to stay, uh, uh, constantly be uh, be learning, constantly yeah. be training. Another thing, you know, when when you're uh, when you when you're done training, you're done being an executive protection guy, because you're always training. Because all our skills, learning, all yeah. our skills are perishable. And I can't tell you that when I go to these different details, how I employ. Uh, at a newspaper, let's say, or uh, I employ things that I learned at the nightclub yeah. or at, at, a, at, a, at a school, you know, I'm doing things I learned doing uh, armed uh, jewelry store runs. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You know, yeah, and it all uh, crosses over. It, it all crosses over. Well, and over. also it crosses over. And then also for the guys that were just coming from the civilian side, no law enforcement, no military background, do not forget to leverage what we talked about at the beginning of this, which is life experience, man. Like there's just so much to be said. And 90% of what makes you successful in this job, a lot of it is really being able to interface with people respectfully and effectively. A lot of that comes from being an adult. And being able to really uh, be emotional, intelligent, emotionally intelligent enough to interface with clients and not look like an idiot, and interface with the people around the clients because those are the people you really got to watch out for, and come across effectively and professionally. You know, that's huge. So, like, you know, from the civilian side, I hear people being discouraged about getting into EP sometimes because they're like, "Man, it's kind of military law enforcement thing," but no. You've got life experience. You know how to look for things, what to look for things. You come from a rough neighborhood. Don't look down on yourself. Use that. Use that because you're already, you've probably been protecting your whole entire life, you know, like, so you've, you've got to leverage what you have, you know, that's huge. And then another thing you said was, you know, uh, do a good job wherever you go, but build a, a network of people that trust you and understand your work product. This helps you in not getting married to one client and one situation so that they just own you and you just get yanked all over the place. You know, if you, and you get burnt out cause you, you will get, smoke out. You, you will, will get out and they will, they they'll will own you. They're all the you next got. one. Yeah. They'll, they will go on to the next one. You know? And they'll go and, on to the uh, next one without skipping a beat. So, you yeah. know, one thing way you can mitigate as a guy, just an agent in the game is make sure you've got a network of people that, and that's what ended up happening. I mean, with me, even I, I was able to go back to California because I had a network of people that knew my work product, that trusted me and would give me opportunities when I wanted to move, how I wanted to move, where I wanted to move. And a lot of guys fail to do that. They get tunnel vision on one detail and then they end up selling their soul in order to, to, to work that detail. And then when the client's done with them, every detail has a shelf life. Boom. You know, the, the show's over and you're back at zero. You're back at the club and that's all you got. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, well, even like me at this level, even yeah. at my level, you know, where, you know, I, I went to that next step. So I did what, you know, uh, did the clubs, did the DNG license, yeah. got a good gig. And then finally I just was getting so much executive protection. I was working so much. I had two or mm. three guys I was using almost every weekend, had two or three accounts. And, uh, you know, that I was doing for somebody else as the directors that I finally said, you know, a guy told me, he says, what's the matter with you? Why don't you have your own agency? Why don't you do your own thing? And I'm like, well, I had my own agency for like a year just because I was qualified to get it, but I kept it small, you know? Uh, and then, you know, I've said, you know, I never really went to only, this is be the second year, knock on wood, this, this, uh, actually this August was the second year that I've only worked for myself. So I haven't, I've only worked under massive, you know, and before that I could, when I did my 1099s, I could have 10, 12, uh, 1099s a year from all these different companies, you know, Mm -hmm. that I worked for and, uh, and even a W2 from companies that I worked like for the temple for, for Mm -hmm. a long time. So you, you, then you go and get your own agency and you start. And then like, even now 
I, I mean, I just had the best, you know, six months of my life, you know, in business and, and uh, you know, and how much I made and how much I took in and how much uh, I got to look forward to. But it's not like people say, oh, you know, is you got a contract, you know, uh, you, you signed, you're going to work there the next 10 years. Right away, I know they don't know anything about our business. Yeah. When they say, you know, I'm like, well, you know, you worked for AMX for 30 years. You've been retired 20 years. So you don't understand how things work. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I own my own business. And, it's fluid. You know, it's I, I have customers. No, I have customers. So, you know, yes, I have repeat customers, but I don't have one customer that I, that I service constantly, you know, or mm -hmm. we call them yeah. clients. Yeah. I said, so it's not that way. And, but there's some, pros to that you know okay now you don't have the um you know the stability you have to have faith you have to have faith in yourself you have right. to have faith that you did so good that you're, you're bettering yourself and giving you such a good product that organically you're going to stay busy yeah. you know you still need to do the little things my i don't another thing i'm against the social media and my little and my website that's it that's all i use i try and keep my fingerprint down because when i'm with footballers and guys like that and make them give me all their phones etc cetera, etc cetera, so i don't want to look like a hypocrite. So, uh, but I still, there's ways for me to market. There's things I can do on LinkedIn where I spend my right. time and start meeting people around the country, you know? Uh, so you want to be not only eventually a uh, freelance executive protection specialist, right, but you also nice want to be, be, be a trusted <laughs> strategic partner with mm -hmm. other agencies. Because again, yeah. a detail that originates in Los Angeles that's coming to Florida. You They're need you, come you can't. There yeah, well, they always. You know, we're we're in the best places: Florida, New York, and uh, Cali, LA. So. Best places for for what we do, but when they're coming here, when they get off the plane, when I go on the tarmac with my guys, we're all got our licenses, we all got our insurance, we got our experience, yeah. we're trained, we're qualified. If God forbid anything should happen, we got our insurance. We're we're totally legit. You see what I'm saying? You, so uh, once you get uh, known that they can call you with these short notices, which you know almost of the celeb stuff is. Um, yeah. When they, uh, you it know, they're going to call you because you, you can execute that. And now, even though I did that detail and it wasn't a big earner, I mean, what do you call a big earner? A hundred bucks an hour, you know, but you only work four or five hours. I mean, you know, I paid my guys 50 bucks an hour. They, they were real happy, you know, but, uh, it wasn't like a big money maker, but from that thing still just to run it the way we did. And for the, the guys who are watching us, the assistants, the celebs, those guys, you know, I gave you the names, not to mention names, but. They don't forget, believe me, like who well, was that guy? That's when the they're coming back there the, again, and they were the there, they had is. a big threat. They had a big threat on them. Yeah. So when they when they say, you know, who who was that guy? We're going back down there. We want that mm -hmm. guy again. Yeah. So well, and that's what said, happens. You have to be there. That's what happens is it becomes more valuable for you to start that relationship off properly with that client than it does to nickel and dime them as much as you can on the contract, especially on, you know, it's inception. Like one of the biggest principles that I would say everyone should keep in mind is value the relationship over the money, value the relationship over the money. The relationship's worth way more than the money. If money ever gets called into question, default, let the client be right. Let them have what it is they believe is fair because them thinking that you're a fair and good business person and a fair and good agent is going to pay you more dividends in the long run. And even if they don't ever use you again, what they're going to say about you is also, it's a type of equity that you want out there in the universe and in the industry. You know, that, that's something that I'm big on. I'll always value the relationship over the money. Now, another question for you. Uh, what, what would you say were probably your the hardest lesson you've learned in, in, in private security? 
What's the hardest lesson you've learned? And then we'll go into a happy one, you know, but we got to do. Okay. Okay. Well, the the hardest lesson I've learned in our business is that um, you don't get used to anything. Yeah. Okay. Don't get used to it. You got to manage your finances correctly. You have to make sure that you save for the downtime. The feast and training time. Right. The fast. Just like any business, be a businessman, be an entrepreneur. Yeah. When you're an entrepreneur. When you're, when you're an entrepreneur and a businessman, get your corporation, get your LSC, get, be a businessman. Because when you're an entrepreneur, what that means is you're willing to risk your personal uh, security to make your business work. And yeah. so when you live by that mindset, you it takes discipline. So that was one of the, right. the hardest things is that working with Dan, making uh, 12000 a month for three months, and then you know saying, oh, well, we're going to bring you here and we're going to use you here and then never hearing from the guy again. That's that was a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, man. that was a hard, hard lesson. The ghost. But as the time went by, as the time went by, I started learning about the clients, learning about you know what he was going through and how he was rolling. It was it was he paid dividends by teaching me you know how not to to do things, how not to roll you know. But at the same time, I learned how to not to to adjust my expectations. Yeah. And that's where I came up with the whole thing with, you know, every, every detail has a shelf life mm-hmm. and build a pipeline of clients that trust you. And then also another thing we learned from Paul and Paul, I think just went to another company now, but Paul was excellent. Remember we met Paul from St. Moritz, mm-hmm. ex Navy yeah. intelligence guy, a real, real solid guy. He told me, I says, Hey, can you get me a job? You know, when I, we were starting out there, I said, can you get me a detail? You know, uh, you know, you know, I want to do more celebrities. I want to do more athletes. You know, I want to do more of these, uh, you know, these, these uh, spokespersons. I, I guarded some spokespeople for them, you know, some celebs. I said, I wanted to, he says, Mark, he says, look, he says, I can't get you any more of those details. He says, I can't get you any more of those clients. He says, but what I can do, he says, is I can put you in a position where you can show your value. He goes, it's up so, to you what you do with that. Boom. So again, there it is, man. Boom. That's what we've been talking about right there, man. When you're in the position, you have to demonstrate value and your brand equity has got to have integrity. And that's literally how you build value. Yeah, actually, you know, so that's what's up now. That was a hard lesson. What do you think? Like, what would be your proudest moment in the protection game? Uh, This moment without it uh, right today. Yeah. I mean, like, what would that be? The the best, uh, the, you know, without a, without a doubt, you know, I've done a lot of, uh, unfortunately, happened less. One of the tough things about what we do is, and I'm sent to places where horrible things have happened after the fact. Many, many times I've been sent places uh, after a murder-suicide, after a shooting, after uh, a mass shooting in another county because people are scared. So I've been sent um, a lot of places and seen the damage done. So uh, the more I can educate people, I make it my business to tell them, hey, you know, it's so worth it to have competent security and, uh, you know, pay attention to the little things that could really make a difference. So with that being said, um, when I worked at the, uh, the Jewish uh, temple and preschool, uh, my, my proudest moment was uh, going there to a place that had no armed security, had uh, guys that were, you know, I mean, just uh, barely security guards with their D license, no operation, no nothing um, being brought there. And, you know, the political environment in a, in a temple, you know, that, that goes on. Yeah. And from the 
bottom line from even everybody was on the same radio channel when I got there. I chopped up all the divisions, you know, into different radios, channels, just basic stuff, communications. Yeah. I set up all the ingress and egress. I did the perimeter. But anyhow, I helped, you know, with how people came in, how people came out. I set up a new thing with perimeters. When people come in, I made the parents that we knew go around a tree. You know, more or less, or go out of their way a certain way they had to walk to get into the building. Because if you walked a different way, you stood out to me, means no. you hadn't been there and you don't belong there. So, it's right. a, and I would catch them 200 yards from the kids. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Little things like that. But when I, when I finally, after, um, you know, after being there like a year and being successful and being in there and a lot that was going on, uh, after seeing, you know, all those parents uh, came to me, um, um, I, I was yeah, probably there about a year and a half. Uh, so after about a year and a half, uh, Christmas was coming, the holidays, of course it was a Jewish place, but the holidays were coming and I got a stack and I still have it. I have a stack, I mean, of cards and gift certificates and thank yous. I mean, you couldn't imagine from all these parents and people and associations, but all the moms, especially and dads of all these children three years so the three holidays every they spoil me rotten you know as the, the director of security because now not only did I train them up to that but I showed up there with my vest on fully tacked out I kept a couple of their existing guys sent them for training I brought in my guys I sent up a whole executive protection team until after three years of being there my EP stuff got so busy again that, you know, I left. And they still today, even though uh, the company I was with ain't there and a lot of changes have gone down, they're still using the same call signs that I put in for the, for the key people. Yeah. They're still using my routines for the, for, the, uh, for the perimeter and the access control. I know one guy is still there. And he yeah. says they're still using all my stuff. You know, they're not, it's not being directed by the guy who originated the whole thing, but they're still using my set pieces. Your systems and, and, and my system, my massive system, for, mm -hmm. which is really to uh, stop, you know, active shooters by using the perimeter and the access control. Yeah. And um, so that would be my most rewarding moment is, you know, and I still got them. I have three giant bags full of the cards. But I mean, Byron, I'm not even kidding. Over $1,500 in gift, certificate, gift cards. I mean, I never, <laughs> I didn't pay for Starbucks for 16 months. Uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. not just Starbucks. These people are so generous, so generous. Yeah. I mean, you can't imagine cologne and, uh, and, and expensive gift certificates, $50, $100, cash, you name it. And nobody yeah. had ever gotten anything like that at this place, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I, or since, or since, because, you know, and then everybody yeah. left. But for three years, all those people. And then I made some relationships that even after I left there, I wound up going to work for a couple of right. the parents that worked there. They mm -hmm. saw what I could do. They right. had me go to their businesses and implement right. the same procedures, and they're using them there. But that is my proudest moment, seeing all the cards. And I still keep them very, very fondly in my office. And I yeah. go to them every now and then from all the parents and the pictures of the kids. And so, yeah. again, the work very rewarding. You know, yeah. um, and you do go to places after bad things have happened. But now it's good to see that people are starting to realize that, you know, you insure your car. You know, I mean, I have two kids, two teenagers and a couple of cars and this and that. So, you know, my insurance is six, seven hundred a month mm -hmm. for my car. So imagine if I had a Bentley and a couple of jets, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what's your insurance a month? Twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. But you don't, you know, you go out to dinner and spend two, three thousand dollars on dinner. You drive your three hundred thousand dollar car. But you don't spend 500 a night on somebody to make sure you get there safe and get home safe. 
and yeah. nobody messes with you and nobody messes with your car and you don't and get a DUI and that person is legit licensed and insured. He has his own coverage. He releases you from that liability. So that's the kind of thing that I'd like to see more. And I'm starting to see more of it where they're realizing that, you know, for 500 a day or even a thousand a day for day and night to have somebody, um, you know, it's all about the value, show your value. So that would be yeah. my proudest point is yeah. making those kids and parents feel safer after a bad time. That's awesome. And that basically, I mean, it sums it all up. You know, it shows how rewarding the industry can be and what we do and how, how, how it pays back real dividends. But then really just to sum it all up, because we're about out of time is, man, sure. everywhere you are, no matter what detail you're on, you're always marketing, demonstrating value, and you're acting, you're, you're showing everybody where you want to be by your work product. You're working everything you can get your hands on. You're vetting the people and places you're working for, but you're working everything. And essentially what you're doing from the doorman spot, from the club spot, to even as a new company, you're widening your sphere of influence. That's the people that you're touching, the people that you're interacting with. You're widening that sphere of influence and you're giving all of them a positive experience with your work product, whether it's you as an individual or it's your comp at the company level, the different people that you're working with and the people that are working for you and the people that are working next to you. All of them are evangelists that can carry the message about your work product, you know, to the game that's going to take you to the next level because relationships are more valuable than the dollar signs because you, your network really ends up being your net worth in this game. That's, you know, that's what I got for you guys today, man. I wanted to have Mark on here because me and him, we did it from the bottom all the way up into the executive protection realm. You know, and we're, we're still going. Yeah, and we're, we're, still, we're, we're still, we're still, still growing. growing. Yeah. And, you, and a couple of little things I like to say, don't be afraid um, to, uh, to, to, uh, go after your passion. If you really yeah. do have to have a, um, have a, have a passion for protection. If you really want to make it in this industry, yeah. you can do it, have faith and mm -hmm. uh, do it the right way, you know, yeah. and uh, live massive. That's my sign to massive, you know, <laughs> massive protective services. Yeah, man. Uh, where can they find you, Mark? Where can they find oh, you? Massiveprotectiveservices.com is my website. Uh, yeah. Mark at Massive Protective Services. And always That's remember good. to live massive. Um, look forward to speaking with you on any occasion, Byron. This was really yeah, nice man. and uh, insightful. And look forward to checking out some more of your podcasts. Where can I find those, Byron? Yeah, man. You can find, well, ByronRogersMotivation.com is my primary website. The website for this podcast is ExecutiveProtectionLifestyle.com. Also, we have the fastest growing executive protection group on Facebook right now. Like we're literally taking over the entire game right now. So join us in their uh, executive protection lifestyle uh, Facebook group. Uh, we're on Instagram, man. We're on all of it. My Instagram page, Byron Rogers, executive protection lifestyle on Instagram. We do a lot of stuff with like real world scenarios on the gram, on the Instagram page and in Facebook. Uh, just, just stuff to keep you on your game, keep you thinking about what you would do in these situations. Um, so it's a good time. Find us on social media and, and visit the website, man. Mark. Always good seeing you, Byron, man. Always good seeing you, brother. Until the next detail, which I know will be soon. Yeah, man. Always a genuine honor and a privilege, brother. All right. To support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what 
helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month, $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there. And it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.